Go to John chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 1 through 11. Uh, this text focusing on the fifth verse, uh, but John chapter 2, and again, uh, the GYC choir, and thank you, uh, Remedy. And I believe this afternoon our teenage praise team will be singing up in Round Rock at Good Hope, uh, New Birth, that's their name, Rebirth, <laughs> amen, <laughs> amen, Rebirth, amen, they'll be, be singing, amen. Uh, John chapter 2, you have it, you should have your Bibles, because we are a kingdom-focused fellowship. We gather in his name and then we go disperse to tell the world the reason of the hope that's in us. Amen. Amen. So let's read out loud. I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. Whatever translation you have. Let's just read out loud together. John chapter 2 and verses 1 through uh, 11. All right, let's read. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother said unto the servants, Whatsoever he said unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus said unto them, fill the water pots with water and they filled them to the brim. And he said unto them, draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and said unto him, Every man at the beginning doeth set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning, the miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. Grass wither it, the flower fade away, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Just do it. Amen. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and just tell them, just do it. Amen. 
We know this because the Nike brand taken this as its slogan since around 1988, I believe. The Nike brand nowadays is worth about $29.6 billion. The Nike company was originally founded in January 25th 1964 as the Blue Ribbon Sports Company. But in May of 1971, they changed the company to take on the name of Nike, which is a Greek goddess, which means victory. The swash was designed by Carolyn Davison, a student at Portland State and the logo attempted to show movement and motion in life. Uh, uh, her, uh, uh, Mr. Knight, Mr. Bowman, who started Nike only gave her $35 for that design uh, but now she says she's worth about 640000 but that symbolizes to just do it was inspired by a serial killer named Gary Gilmore who said before they executed him in 1977 let's do it and so Nike uh, took on that campaign just do it as we know what's going on today Colin Kaepernick is now the new face of Nike and he has been persecuted by the NFL for kneeling during the national anthem. And uh, it has created all kinds of debate within America over the relationship between protest and patriotism. And Colin Kaepernick is kneeling to protest uh, the violence uh, perpetrated by our police departments in some communities on people of color. So this morning, since I have on my Nikes, I'm just going to kneel with you, Colin. Because, amen, we, we have some great policemen, but we need to stay vigilant. So just do it. The motto is believe in something even if it means sacrificing everything. Just, just do it. Uh, this sermon really in verse 5 and verse number 11, uh, Jesus performed this first miracle for his disciples to believe on him. He wants us to believe on him. The key word in the gospel of John is believe. The word believe is used some 95 times. And the word believe means to accept as the truth and act upon it. The late Dr. Peter Lord of Florida used to say, if you want to see what I believe, watch the way I live. Everything else is just religious talk. And so John writes his gospel to combat 
three main heresies that had creeped into the first century church around A.D. 90. The first heresy was that John the Baptist was on the same level with Jesus. And if you haven't heard, there's nobody on the same level with Jesus. Amen. He's on the level. Every other human man, a man or woman you call, there's somebody else just as good or better. If I said Elgin Baylor, somebody said Dr. J. Somebody say Dr. J. Somebody say Michael Jordan. Somebody say Michael Jordan. And somebody say Kobe Bryant. Somebody say Kobe Bryant. And somebody say Billy McClendon. But, but, but when you call out the name of Jesus... <laughs> eternity is silent because there's no one else he's in a class all by himself and then secondly he writes it to combat the, the heresy of Gnosticism and Gnosticism said that uh, everything evil uh, the spirit is essentially evil and matter so that God could not have created the world because the world was matter. Then also the heresy of docetism that came from the Greek word which means to seem like. Docetism taught the fact that Jesus was not really there. It just seemed like he was there. But Jesus was a real man. Amen. And so John writes his gospel around seven signs that only God could perform. And this morning we anchor in on the first one, turning water into wine. Only a God could do that. If a wino could do that, amen. He, if some of y'all could do that, turn water into whiskey. Which old, as Big Mouth said, your old jicky self, amen. You, but only Jesus, only a God. Because Jesus is God. You know, he's not only the only begotten son of God, he is very God. So first of all, look at the invitation. Uh, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee and somebody had enough sense to invite Jesus. The reason why we are having so many problems is because we haven't sent Jesus an invitation. We are trying to do it on our own. Even in a lot of our churches, we don't invite him. Because when he shows up, we got to sit down. And so a lot of folk don't want him around. Really don't want him around. Because he, he might mess up things. He might throw things into a tizzy. He, he, might, he might mess up our order of worship. But if you want success, invite Jesus to come in to whatever you are doing. And then also notice Jesus chose to perform his first miracle at a wedding. Jesus was no party pooper. I can't get rid of these old limp, dried, dried up acting Christians who act like I'm saved and I'm mad about it. No, Jesus was a party animal. Amen. No, he chose to do his first miracle at a wedding. He didn't do it at a funeral. Amen. He did it away. And I don't care. I've done 405 ceremonies in my pastorage. 405. And Reverend Odom's everywhere I ever done, 
they acted like they were happy. Even the in-laws don't like each other, but at that wedding, they smile. Hey, how you doing? You know, fella ain't got but two teeth. He smiled at a wedding. Because, because at a wedding, that's party sensual. And so Jesus wasn't no party pooper. He performed his first miracle at a wedding. Somebody say at a wedding, see. And that's how the devil defeats. The devil attacks us where? In our marriages. Because if you have a happy home, you'll have a happy walk with God. And Satan attacks us at home. If you're happy at home, I don't care who's in the White House. If you're happy at home, listen, it doesn't matter whether the Cowboys win or not. If you're happy at home, you're just happy. <laughs> and that's why Satan attacks us at home. Why I wrote my book on marriage is not for children to help some of you all in your selection of a mate and be happy at home. I told y'all 25 years ago when I came here, I was more concerned about your home life. Anybody can put on for a few hours. Thank you, all that. But I want you happy. I want you shouting at home. Yes, sir. I want you throwing down at the crib. Amen. And they invited Jesus. The foundation of our society is the family. And the family comes out of marriages. And this is why Satan hates heterosexual marriages because everybody come out of a family. And you need to have a happy home. Invite Jesus in. Your marriage may be a little stale. Instead of playing Luther because you know he's dead or uh, getting victorious. See, won't you just ask Jesus. Say, Jesus, won't you come home with us? You know he want to go home with you. He, you know he wants to, amen. He, he, uh, see, he, and, 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 and he wants you to, to enjoy his life. So they invited, they invited Jesus. Come. Couples, we have a 50, first time marriages, a 50, 58% divorce rate. Second marriages, 25, 65 to 75% divorce rate. Third marriages, a high as 95% divorce rate. Yet couples who worship together on a regular basis have less than a 10% divorce rate. Because Jesus makes the difference. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So invite him. Invite him to your house. Some of y'all too mean to do that. Some people are so mean they just. So they invited, they invited him. When I came here 25 years ago, I didn't know what I was going to face. See how people act that, but now I've been 25 years. You know how they were acting 25 years ago, but I invited Jesus. So I'm not going if you don't go with me. And he came with me. Secondly, the invitation, I mean the information. In the midst of their celebration, they ran out of wine. Now, if you don't understand the context of this story, Mary come across like an impulsive, out-of-control woman. But wine, one of the biggest embarrassments at any Jewish feast was to run out of wine. The midst of the celebration, they ran out of wine. Run out of wine. Let me see how I make. Run out of wine would be like you don't prepare your Thanksgiving dinner. Your turkey is ready. Your yams, your gravy, your ham hocks, chitlin, whatever you have. And before you carve the turkey, room full of guests and people, four or five cockroaches crawl out of the turkey. 
That's 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 pretty embarrassing. (laughs) They ran out of wine. See, a lot of people not shame anymore, but there are some things sin ought to bring about some shame. They ran out of wine. Mary come to Jesus and said, they have no wine. And when you look at this, it almost sounds like Jesus was being funny with her. He said, woman, what have I to do? Woman was the highest compliment you could give to a female. Woman. Society have given us women uh, uh, or ladies, but God gave us women. And then also Mary was trying to clear her name. For 30 years, she'd been telling people that Jesus was the son of God. And people been lying. You know how folk look at you when you tell them that you say. <laughs> and Mary been telling people, this boy is the son of God. Folk been laughing at, like, oh, you know she lying. Somebody snuck in and got, you know. You know how folk talk to you. Can you imagine if a woman stood up nowadays and said, you know, I'm pregnant, but I never have sex, had sex with a man. You know how for, oh, oh, yeah. And for 30 years, Mary had been telling people, this boy is the son of God. Now, Jesus, do your stuff. Clear my name. They have no one. And Jesus said to her, woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour is not yet come. You see, God has a time. And where a whole lot of us get in trouble with God, we get ahead of God's time. You can't hurry, God. You just have to wait. You have to trust him and give him time no matter how long it takes. He's a God that you can't hurry. He'll be there, child. Don't you worry, for he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. See, some of y'all just waited one week. God would have handled your enemy, but you cursed him out on Monday. And God said, if you just left him alone, they would have had the flu by Thursday. You could have. <laughs> you got to wait on God. My hour is not yet come. Don't fool yourself. Don't fool yourself about your enemies. God got a time for them. That's why I don't sit around worry about folk all day. God got a time. You ever make sure you're right. He said, my hour, God has a time. That's why I tell y'all don't worry about Trump. I tell my granddaughter last night, with my politics, I'm an independent. You know, I'm neither Democrat or Republican. They don't have, I'm independent. Amen. I know I, if you want to dialogue about it, we'll talk about it later on. I have a degree in political science. I taught political science. Neither part. So I'm independent. I would tell you, my, my granddaughter last night, I don't care who's in the White House. I remember George Wallace. And when God got sick of him, amen, amen. I remember Lester Maddox. I remember some ugly folk in my family. In my 44 years of pastoring, I've had some hellish members. But I don't bother. I just go, God got a time. Amen. You, you learn to leave folk alone. God has a time for everything. Amen. 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 My hour will not yet come. And then look at the demonstration, verses 7 through 10. This is where the, uh, uh, the verse number 5 is so prevalent because Mary, his mother, said unto the disciples, Whatsoever he, 
said unto you, do it. That's why so many people are not being blessed. You're disobedient to the word of God. You're hard-headed. God said, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. And we think we got a better system. Well, I think I'll just give them a tip. Husband, love your wife the way Christ loved the church. And you think you can treat your wife any kind of way and expect to be blessed. Wife, submit yourself unto your own husband. And you think you can talk noise to your husband and be blessed. If you can't contain yourself, get married and you want to shack up and throw down and expect God to bless that mess. Whatsoever he say unto you, do it. That's the difference. That's, that's, why, that's why so many people still are not experiencing the transformational power of God. Because they're hard-headed. You ought to be rushing to do what God said do. Because if you do what God said do, there's a blessing in obedience. Yes, sir. Used to be a time Christian believe that, but some of y'all been reading some other stuff and you're sitting around hard-headed, mad with God. And God is saying, listen, I want to turn your water into wine. I want to change your experience. I want to give you a glimpse of glory, but I can't give it to you as long as you are in disobedience. You have to do what I say, do. Told them to fill the water pots. They filled it. The late Dr. Faison of Los Angeles said that between the sipping and the dipping, the water became wine. Said the hydrogen looked at the oxygen and blushed and it became wine. And they bear it to the governor. But notice that the people who, brew, who, who took the water knew where the water came from. They brought it. And the governor said, normally they set the good wine first. But when we are well drunk, they bring the bad wine. But you have kept the best for last. You see, the significance of this miracle is to demonstrate that Christianity's obedience or Christianity advance over Judaism. You see, God saved the best for that. And that's why we as Christians can stand on the tiptoes of anticipation and say that the best is yet to come. I, I don't care what you're going through as a child of God. The best is yet to come. That's why I don't hang around all these old negative buzzer-talking folk. I don't hang around these old folk who see the glass half empty all time. And that Oh God. God bless you. I see you when I see you. But see, I'm obeying God and and I'm standing on the tiptoes of anticipation to what God is going to do. He He's going to change my water in the wine. That's what, you think it's good now. You just keep on obeying God. You, you think you can worship him now. You keep on obeying God in every area of your life and watch what God is going to do. And he, he manifests himself. That's right. He, he manifested 
his glory. When he performed that miracle, he manifested his glory. That's all Jesus wants us to experience is to experience his glory. Isaiah, in the year that King Isaiah died, he also sought the Lord. He experienced the glory of God. And once you experience God's glory, you are never the same again. Once you have an encounter of the holy kind, you are never the same again. Once you fall in love with Jesus, you are never the same again. Once you taste of this new wine of God, you are never the same again. That's why people can't understand. Stop trying to tell people who have never drunk this new wine. Explain to them what happened to you. The unsaved man who's still sipping water will never get it. The unsaved man who never had a taste of the glory of God will never comprehend what has happened in your heart. When, when he, he said he did it so that his disciples will believe on him. And that's why we who are children of God, sometimes we just think ourselves into a shout. Not only when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, I also think about what God has in store. You see, unlike some of y'all, I go to the movies sometime. And when I go to the movies, I love to get there early because they always, before the main feature starts, they always show the trailers. And the trailers of, is what's coming next. They always show the trailers before the main feature starts because the trailer is what's coming next week. And I see the trailer. They, they trying to stir up interest so that guess what? You will come back next week. Buy some more popcorn and a drink. But they show you the trailer first. And that's what God is doing in this text. He's saying the best for last. All God is doing is letting you know that you ain't seen nothing yet. Uh, heaven is going to be an out of sight place. Heaven is going to be a place of no more. You see, as long as we are down here, we are living in a place of some more. <laughs> uh -huh. There will be some more crying. There will be some more hospital visits. There will be some more divorces. There will be some more wild children. But I tell you, uh, we are headed to a place uh, of no more, no more dying, uh, no more crying, uh, no more doctor visit. Uh, every day is going to be howdy, howdy, and never goodbye. Yes, I made up my mind. Uh, just gonna do it somebody said how long you gonna do it I'm gonna do
doing until the Lord say Simon well done I'm gonna do it until Jesus said Simon oh hi Simon well done yay just do it if the Lord tell you to do it you if he tell you to preach you preach somebody said to me why you preach because a lot of folk don't pay you any attention and I, I had to tell them I'm not preaching for no negro white folk or hispanic but I'm preaching because the Lord told me to do it and if you do your best he will do the rest won't he do it if you do what the Lord said to he will turn your water into wine if you do what the Lord said to he will turn your darkness into light yes just do it, yes. Just do it, yes. Just do it, yes. 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 Whatever God tell you to do, I'm out here on divine orders from headquarters. Just do it. Tell your neighbor you ain't sending all through service. God woke you up this morning started you on your way just do it whatever he said do do it and watch God turn your water into wine yes 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 why we worship him because he did it all I had was water but I bought it to Jesus and he turned my water into wine yes 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 Whatsoever 
He says unto you, do it. There's a miracle with your name on it. But you won't get it being hard-headed. You know what God have told you to do. Stop trying to figure God out. And while you're trying to figure God out, he's already worked it out. Oh, just do it. Just do it. Oh, just do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Been good to me. Anybody else done it and God made a way? They laughed at you, but you just kept on doing it. You just kept on going. You just kept on praying. And Jesus turned it around. Yes! Our old folk had water. The water of slavery. They had water. The water of Jim Crowism. They had water. Broke least brutality. They had water. Going to the back door. They had water. Living in segregated city. They had water. But they took it to Jesus. And Jesus turned it around. Yes. 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 Just do it. Watch God. Work it out between the dipping and the sipping. Water became the transformative power of Jesus. I don't care what you do, I made up my mind. Last week I was thinking about just how much I love Jesus because he first loved me. Just do it.